Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following documents and recordings are the 13th installment in a compilation detailing the events the repair team sent to Outpost Freestead, consisting of Dr. Rosa Della Torre, Walter Heath, Graham Kasner, Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss, and Jonas Thorison. In the winter months, gale storms in Svalbard can reach wind speeds of 130 km per hour. Accompanied by or following snowfall, such storms can reduce visibility dramatically, more so in the winter months of the polar night. During these storms, travel is not advised. The White Vault. Installment, the team finds that something has destroyed their food supply and left them to starve in the middle of the raging storm. This first document comes from the bunker's built in radio recorder. Ah, I got it working. Oh, this is disgusting. Where's that rag? Ah, well, better than nothing. Oh, still smells like it though. Did you figure out what that was? I thought it was the herring due to the white and the smell, but it rotted down to... Perhaps it was yoghurt? Did we have yoghurt? No, I would have eaten it days ago if we had. Then the best guess is still liquefied herring. That's disgusting. It all is. Put anything rotten on the cardboard and we'll drag it outside. Smells like a waste yard in here. You want to go out there? No, I want the rot out there. We shouldn't even open the door unless the plan is to leave. I'm starving. 
I'm working on it. It may be scant, but it should be something. We're leaving. Joyous day. The food is gone. The bunker is not safe. Waiting out the storm is no longer an option. Everyone should be packed. Wear anything and everything to protect yourself. Do it the old-fashioned way, compass in hand. We'll discuss it with the meal, if there's enough. Yes, I think so. Oh, thank you. Nothing too putrid, I hope. Rosa, we may have found something. Oh, thank God. We're so hungry. So, most of these two cans of beans was only marginally affected. Marginally? It won't kill you, or taste too bad. It's better than going hungry. We also have some rice I picked out that wasn't disgusting. Half this large bag of frozen peas, and this. Ah, you found my secret. <laughs> Thankfully, the thing that destroyed our food didn't. So, rice, beans, peas, and chocolate. Repaired. The serving size is still minuscule. It's better than nothing. We'll need full stomachs for what's ahead. Aren't there bars in the hiking packs? Why do the beans taste like that? I had to rinse them off with something to kill off as much of the rot as I could. With what? Bleach? Some leftover vodka and aquavit. But I rinsed it all away. As palatable as it gets. What about coffee? Excusez-moi horrible. Thank you for finding anything edible, Jonas. You're welcome. I'll look for more after we eat. We do have some bars in the hiking packs, but we're going to need them. Mm. When should we leave? Morning. We need to sleep well, eat what we can, and then go. No promise of hearty breakfast. It's now scant, if not void of edible food here. If we can avoid falling to our deaths, the ride back should go rather quickly in comparison to waiting here forever. Have you put out a call any time recently? We should report Karina's death. Ah. <sighs> Anyone... Nah. This is Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of Neolison, south of the border to the National Park. Our team is looking for possible rescue services in Neolison. A storm has stranded us here and we are out of food. A member of our team was abducted and murdered this morning. This is not a joke. Four remaining members of the team are out of food and stranded in the storm. Anyone, please respond. This is Walter Heath at Outpost Freestead, approximately 33 kilometers northeast of Neolisund, south of the border to the National Park. Our team is looking for rescue services. We will be attempting a dangerous ride back to Neolisund. Dr. Karina Schumacher-Weiss is believed to be dead. Anyone, please respond. We can tell them when we get there. We need to talk about the return trip. That doesn't sound good. What is it, Graham? We're... we're walking. Why? The snowmobiles are outside. They're damaged. Too much to use. We can't fix them? When Jonas and I went out to check them a few days ago, they... they were a mess. Something fucked them up. I looked, but we don't have the parts needed to fix them. Each has the same damage. You told me everything was fine. I lied. Something ripped up their engines. When we leave tomorrow morning, we're walking. 
It's a better choice than waiting here to starve. I was there when you checked on the snowmobiles. At least one of them must be working. You never even glanced at them. But you can hold a flashlight like a pro. Through this? We're walking through this? With that thing out there? We'll never make it to Nyarsun. It's possible. It will be difficult, but it's possible. You better have a plan for this, or it seems like a suicide mission. Would you rather stay here now, Heath? What's your plan, then? If we can make it within 16 kilometers of Neolisern, even in this storm, then a shot from our flare should be visible. We'll follow the directions I know, and we'll be roped together like we were before. Your face should never leave a radius of 30 centimeters from the person ahead of you. Their backpack is your new best friend. It will take a lot of work and power to get through the snow. We have snowshoes, but we're all hungry. We'll eat just before we leave, but all we'll have on the trip are a few bars. This is a nightmare. This is not supposed to be happening. I'm fine. Just pop the knuckle. What about the thing that took Karina? It could be out there. Everyone sticks together. Everyone on guard. I'll have the gun, and we have several extra flares. I would usually recommend two hiking poles, but those without a gun will have an ice axe. It is out there, and it's looking for us. Destroying our food stores could be its version of laying a trap, but we don't have the luxury of waiting around anymore. You're right. We wait here, we're dead. No one is coming over that radio. No one's coming to help. If we don't try, we're dead already. That storm will kill us. That monster killed Karina. Starvation will kill us slowly. Sounds like we agree, then. How far do we have to get for that sliver of hope? We need to walk 17 kilometers before the flare is visible from Nihalasan. In these conditions, with all our gear, we'll be lucky to walk three kilometers in an hour. So, we are looking at about six hours out in that storm before there's even the possibility of help. Otherwise, we're walking nearly twelve hours over tough terrain, in some of the worst weather I've ever been in. At this temperature and the normal wind speeds we've been observing, an unprotected person could develop frostbite in mere minutes. Wind chill is going to feel like minus forty, or even less. Yes. So every piece of gear you packed and that was recommended you have for this expedition better be on your body and ready to go by morning. The sun's not coming up anytime soon. We're on our own. Is there any good news? I'll take even just the smallest smidgen of hope. Hope can hurt, Walter. But, Rosa, there is something. Oh, Grizzly Loth, please tell me. I want to see my daughters again. We are in a large, open plain area at a higher altitude than the surrounding coasts, but the path we'll follow brings us down into a more varied area. If we're lucky, which we're not, the storm could let up as we descend, and the flare would be visible from even further than 16 kilometers. We'll take it. Chocolate, anyone? Walter Heath soon shut down the radio recorder. The following is a written note by Dr. Rosa Della Torre. Queridos mamá y papá, les escribo esta carta esperando que nunca tengan que leerla, aunque hemos tenido nuestras diferencias. Dear mother and father, 
I write this in the hope that you never lay eyes upon it. Though we have disagreed in the past, I love you both and will never wish for you to live your lives with questions unanswered. If you found this, I am most likely dead. I plan to burn it if I get home safely. Tomorrow morning, I will be going out into this storm with my team to get help and return to Nialsund. I've been out in storms before, but nothing like this. And something is trying to kill us. We had a geologist on our team, Karina, a wonderful young woman with a sharp mind and plans for life. And something killed her. We found a cave under the bunker here, and it went for several kilometers through the ice and rock. There is a place here, a town under the ice with some grotesque anatomical theater, human hearts in stone boxes. I'm sorry this makes so little sense. Something stole Karina from our bunker and killed her. We tried to find her, to save her, but we failed. Most recently, we went into the caves, and while we were there, something was in our bunker, destroying all our food. So we have to leave. We have no food left to wait out the storm. The snowmobiles are broken beyond repair, so we must try to walk back. I'm scared. It's sensible to be scared. Doing something that could kill you is frightening, but I will go, as it is our best chance. I will fight. You taught me that, perhaps a little too much. There are many things I wish I could make up for, but know that I love you. You raised me as well as you could, and I appreciate you for it. Nothing you could have done would have stopped me from doing what I do, and from being where I am. I made my own choices. Live your life the best you can, and do not suffer from my loss forever. Love, Rosa. The note was enclosed in an envelope, which reads in English, If found, please deliver to Senora Maria Isabel Carrillo de la Torre, 313 Calle Osho, Piso 33, Ciudad Cololioto Colonia, Ciudad Neitzawal Cololioto, 57840, Mexico, Mexico. The next document comes from Mr. Graham Kasner, written across several pages of a small travel notebook. The whole of it is in Russian, indicating it was a personal note and not intended as part of his report. Tomorrow we leave. This may be one of the worst choices I have ever made. I have prepared everything possible to prepare. Rosa has operated out here in Svalbard before. She even did a core retrieval trip out to Greenland before, which she said went to shit. But nothing compares to this. Rosa's been writing for a while. A few drafts made it into the trash. I don't know what she's writing. There is no way to trick myself into thinking this will be easy. I'm not as worried about the storm as I should be. I'm worried about... about whatever is out there. Whatever killed Karina is not going to leave us be. Perhaps we intruded on its territory. Maybe it will leave us alone if we walk away into the storm. While a good thought, I don't believe a word of it. It's 
fast. We know it has claws, black and slim, they say. It's strong, perhaps intelligent, given that it's opened the doors and locks, and destroyed our snowmobiles. Jonas is not handling this well, though Heath is, which is surprising. Heath is erratic, but on board with getting out of this hellhole. I think Jonas has a lot to think about, more than most. If I don't make it back alive, all the money in my account is to be transferred to the account set up in my daughter's name. She'll have access to it when she turns 18. Her mother has no rights or permission to the money. It's all written in my will, top drawer of the desk in my apartment in Halifax. The following comes from the station radio's recorder dated later that evening. Is it on? I think I turned it on. Looks like it. Leave it on overnight. I want to make sure we don't miss anything. The voice from before. Do you believe it will come back? I hope not. It's hard enough as it is without the radio acting possessed. Everyone wears their harness to sleep, all hooked together, understood? We won't lose anyone tonight. Jonas, give me a hand with this. I didn't sign up for heavy lifting. And here I thought we didn't sign up for a monstrous mauling either. Walter, be respectful, please. Karina just died. The cabinet should at least make it more difficult for something to open the door. The uh, port window isn't blocked, so we can still keep an eye out. Glad it got warm again. It was freezing in here for so long. Yeah, now, if there was only a cup of... Don't say coffee. Miss coffee. Tea, then. Tea. I'll stay up on watch for about two hours, then I'll wake up Jonas. Jonas, wake Heath. Heath, wake Rosa. Huh? Someone stays awake at all times, no exceptions. <sighs> Good night. <sighs> Sweet, sweet rest. There are many long hours recorded in which nothing but wind and rustling can be heard as the team members slept in silence. Before falling asleep, however, Mr. Heath wrote an email to himself, though it went unsent in his drafts folder. It's late, but... I'm on edge. Tomorrow we're leaving out into the storm. A storm filled with deadly snowbanks, the possibility of frostbite within moments, aggressive camouflaged polar bears, and some mysterious murderous monster. <sighs> I've made some rather shit life choices in the past, and believe me, I've still got the traffic cone to prove it, but this tops them all. But it's that, or waiting here to starve to death as something taunts us. I'm not dying here. We can do this. This is a continued clip from the radio's recorder. The only spoken words during the night were when they awoke each other for their respective watches, until Mr. Walter Heath was on watch around 0300 hours. Here is the recording.
Oh, please. Is this thing recording? Good. I... I think you're... You're picking up that sound? No. No, not, not doing this alone. Kasna. Kasna, get up. Stop. He's... <clears throat> what's... What's going on? Something's knocking at the door. You think it's the creature? It didn't give us the courtesy of knocking last time. Wake up, Jonas. What's going on? What if it's people? Maybe someone heard the call, or, or maybe Seedra Group sent people after us. Don't get your hopes up, Walter. Is someone here? Is it, uh, you know? Honestly, none of us have checked yet. Let's see what we can view through the port window. Be my guest. Fuck. What? What is it? Let me look. Karina? Gracias, Dios mío. Karina. Not possible. You said it yourself, all the blood. She's there. She, she looks fine. We need to get her inside. She's in her bunk clothes. Stop. She doesn't have blood on her, from what I can see. Nothing red. She's not even shivering. She... she's saying something. Her mouth started moving. I... I can't make it out from here. Too blurry. She probably just wants to come in. She's not that. Everyone. This is wrong. Everyone. Listen. This concludes those documents related to the night before the team's departure from Outpost Freestead in hopes of reaching aid and safety in the Arlesund. This completes the 13th collection of information regarding the repair team at Outpost Freestead. The White Vault Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.